never seen a lame man walk Never heard a dumb man talk Never seen a blind man see I promise you a pain Never seen a cancelled death Never seen all the poor get fed Never seen a prisoner set free I promise you a change I said, everybody, everybody, everybody in the podcast getting tipsy. Well, never mind. I don't know what I'm talking about. Welcome to the Big C and Bigger T podcast. I'm your boy, Travis Johnson, coming at you as Bigger T on YouTube, on Apple, on Spotify, on TuneIn Radio, on iHeartRadio, on uh, Samsung, on Amazon, on Wherever else you might get your podcast, we're there. And I'm joined, as usual, by my boy, Big C, Clint Clark. How you doing, buddy? Man, what is – I'm great, man. I hope you're doing well. I'm excited about today's podcast. I've been, like, bugging, like, when can we get Patrick back on? When we get Patrick back on? When can, and you're like, man, come on. We can get, It's our podcast. We can't just bring Patrick on every week. But I love it when I have Patrick on. That's right. We, you know, there's times that we just, you know, we just flow through and we just do our yeah. thing. But then there's times we class to join up. Yeah. And that's when we bring our buddy Patrick Netherton on, coming to us live from Shreveport. He is the host of the Patrick Netherton Show, which airs weekdays from 3 to 5. You can find it on 1130 The Tiger, but a lot of folks here is listening from other places not close to Streetport, probably outside that range. So you can find it on his Facebook page, The Patrick Netherton Show. Just go like and follow that. But Patrick Netherton, my boy, my college buddy, the man that I share the hands with, Patrick Netherton, how are you, man? What's going on, guys? How are we? Man, doing just, you know, just as we like to say here in Arkansas, hunky-dory. Okay. That's a very Arkansas phrase. I, I, I know that. Yeah. Yeah. Now, if I was just okay in Arkansas, we would say fair to Midland. Yeah. You know what fair to Midland means? I mean, I do know what it implies. You know what it implies? Yeah. Yes. You're doing all right. Could be better. Yeah. Yeah. You know where it came from though? No, I don't actually. It's actually great grades of cotton. Oh, there you go. The middle grades of cotton is fair to Midland. That's that's the that's the okay. middle grades. Well, stuff. when I think of soft and fluffy things, you're the first person <laughs> that comes to mind. Well, thank you. I He's very cuddly. He really yeah. is. Yeah. Although I, I think I might be stealing the bit from uh, uh, the comedian, yeah, Fluffy. Uh, that's so right. I don't want to do that. What's his name? The Hollywoods. Oh. Uh, oh, we steal bits all the time. Don't feel bad, Pat. Yeah, <laughs> Well, Patrick, man, how was your uh, Memorial Day weekend? I saw on social media you were making some smash burgers on the griddle. How those? Yeah, out, they turned out really good. I see. Funny thing is, I don't really like smash burgers, like the little thin patties. Mm-hmm. I don't like those. Like, I want some meat in my burger, and I don't want to have to put like four patties on a burger to get there. Yeah. So I did kind of half smash burgers, but it's the first time I've used that technique, and. The difference is when you do kind of regular burger cooking, you know, you form the patty and you get it all set and you throw it on the grill with smash burgers. You actually just take meatballs. um, You throw the meatball on the grill. You let it sit there and kind of get where it wants. And then you take a a some sort of smashing device. In this case, I had a bacon press and you push it down. Now, when you're doing a traditional smash burger, it's a smaller meatball. You push down and it gets that little thin burger that crust forms. You flip right. it, the crust forms on the other side. That thing's done in like three or four minutes. I didn't, you know, I want more meat. So I didn't do quite as heavy a press. I had them about uh, probably a solid quarter to half inch, something like that. And uh, got a great crust on one side, flipped them, cheese them, and they're good to go. It's the first time I've just used that particular smashing technique and I will use it again. It was a big hit. You know, that's actually how they discovered it was the guy that invented uh that owned that was the founder of Watt Castle. He actually invented the modern day hamburger by using that technique. Because by then they were trying to 
do it in meatballs, and he just got frustrated because someone was rushing him and smashed the burger on the grill. Did and you say? Time. Did you say what castle? White castle. White castle. Oh, I got you. I thought you meant what castle? Like you weren't sure which castle you were, you were trying to go find. It's your old headboard, is where it was. Yeah, no, that's the. Yeah, that's the. I told. I told Travis. I said, "Look, I'm in a. I'm now that I'm streaming. I actually have a setup in my office where I've got a microphone and I've got everything set up. I unfortunately, I no longer have the great headboard behind me to. I know we got to find some other majestic background for you to. Yeah, it's my, yeah. it's just a blank wall. Maybe I could. Uh... Maybe I could just toy with putting things up behind me as we uh, as we progress. Like I've got a CBS Sports Network sign that I stole from the Brando show. There you go. We could throw you that could thing it. up there. Hey, no, how no 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 you're no you're getting some views on your on your Twitch, right? Yeah, we're uh, we're up to about 80, 80 followers. I only just started on Twitch about a month ago. Uh, yeah. um, Facebook gaining over three hundred because uh, I did that last year for a little while. So we're starting to get a little traction. And no, uh, no, how much, no, 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 seriously, how much of that do you contribute to the big C bigger T rub that you got? Um, well, I don't like to talk <laughs> about the big C bigger T rub in public if I can help it. Uh, I felt like that's a private matter between the three of us, and probably shouldn't be out in in the public. But since you mentioned it, yes, yeah, so I brought it up. <laughs> I'm going to go with. Uh, Four. <laughs> four you're what? Being, you're being too generous. Four what? I don't know, but four <laughs> is just the number that popped into my head. It's a good. It's a. It's a good number. Yeah, yeah. it's a Tell quality, about quality number. There, Patrick, do what? Tell about what you're doing there. Oh, so I have a uh, I have a gaming page on uh, on Twitch and Facebook where it's called Netherton Gaming. Again, super creative, just like the title of my radio show. Uh, just basically, I, I play COD Mobile on my iPad, and I've got a, um, got a little, little dock connector that I use. I connect my iPad, and basically, I can, can stream uh, playing on, on COD Mobile on, with my, you know, my, my camera here. I can do all of that all at the same time. And it actually turns out really nicely. It's, it's um, you know, it looks good, looks sharp. Uh, people come in, they, they can play, you know, join in and play if they want. We can do squads, we can do duos. People can join in and play. It's kind of interactive in that way. Some people just watch. And then on Twitch uh, alone, I'll do some other stuff like word games and Pictionary type games, that kind of thing, just for a little bit of a change of pace. But, uh, you know, people seem to enjoy it. They like the content. And uh, so I'm happy to help because look, it's the summer. I don't have I don't have baseball games to call. I don't have football games to call. I don't have basketball. Games. I got I'm doing nothing. I got my radio show for two hours a day, and I'm doing nothing the rest of the time. So why not fill fill the gap with uh, some gaming content? Yeah. Well, and Patrick's a, a guy, Clint, does <laughs> lots of things. Okay, he's not only the radio show, the gaming. He's the voice of Northwestern uh, State Demons for. Mm -hmm. What basket football, basketball, baseball? Football, basketball, baseball. Yeah. And uh also, if that's not enough for the guy to do, he also does some some ride sharing, right? Yes, yes, I sure do. And uh I I hear there was an interesting deal. This was it this weekend. Yeah. You had a run yeah, in absolutely. with a uh volleyball team yeah so i so I, I uber and lyft on the side just kind of you know a little extra cash a little extra income and i was uh ubering and i only do xl which is like the big cars because i don't i mean I'm, i don't need to do it a lot i don't have it's not like my full-time job so xl pays you a little bit more um you're typically going to get maybe a little higher in clientele it's not going to be picking up people's oh, yeah. groceries from the piggly wiggly kind of thing <laughs> So I, we don't have Piggly Wiggly here, but anyway, so I, um, oh, if you did, no, it'd be great. I'd make so much money. Um, so I, I, I just had my Uber XL on while I was sitting at the house. I get a call. I go to a little kind of shopping area and it, I pick up and standing on the street corner are six, uh, fairly tall blonde, uh, women. They were just standing on the corner of this, this little strip mall area. So I'm like, is this, you know, y'all Uber ride? Like, yes. I get them all in there. Right now? Yeah. Like, I don't, I don't, you know, I don't know what's going on. So, uh, I picked them up and it turns out that they are six members of the German women's national volleyball team. 
Uh, we have a, we're having the Volleyball Nations League tournament that is happening here in Shreveport, Bossier. It actually started today at five o'clock and the U.S. plays in 12 minutes. I don't know when this is airing, but it'll, it'll be uh, Tuesday night at eight o'clock that they, that they play. And so uh, they end up, um, I end up driving them back to their hotel. I get to tell them all about Shreveport and, you know, restaurants they should eat at and what they should do and all of that kind of stuff. And I will say, uh, I got out of the car, let them all out, and three of the six of them were taller than I am, and I'm six four. So it was. Uh, it's not very often that I feel short in especially in any scenario, especially around a bunch of women. But I felt short, and they couldn't have been sweeter. And I hope they do really. You know, they don't beat the Americans, but I hope they do really well uh, at the tournament because they really were sweet and and very considerate and seemed to care what I was talking about, although they could have been faking it. Uh, you know, what else is new? Well, I do that with Travis all the time. That's right. I understand. I understand. Clint's very sweet to me at times too, but he does talk with kind of a weird accent also. What okay. castle? <laughs> what castle? Like people um, always tell me cause they like, the, there's not an R in wash. Yes, sir. Yeah, that's a very Missouri thing. Like that's a that's a St. Louis, Missouri kind of thing. So I don't know where I got it from, but I got it. Yeah, watch. <laughs> well, as you know, Patrick, we always have a holy Snikes moment. Sure. And uh, you know, going back to our love for Tommy Boy and Chris Farley and Holy Snikes this week. Uh Tommy Fam, a uh outfielder for the reds and during pregame warm-ups was caught on camera jack slapping or wait let's see uh will smith slapping mm. <laughs> jock peterson of the new york of the sorry new york giants san francisco giants mm-hmm. in the outfield along the outfield wall <clears throat> so afterwards some reporters started asking and they asked Jock, uh, Jock Peterson about it. And uh, so apparently Peterson had accused Fam of stashing players in their fantasy football league because he put a player who was listed as out on his IR so he could pick up another player to play that week. Right. Okay. So that's why what Peterson said was what made him so was uh, made fam want to jack slap him. Now, have you ever got mad enough at fantasy sports that you wanted to slap somebody like that? I'll be honest with you. There was a time of Bob Stubbs would have been in front of me. I might have decked him over fantasy football. <laughs> you got me spicy before. Now that was my that was that was of course I'm 45 now I've calmed down but there was a time in my 30s I'm a man I'm 45 I'm a man I'm a grown up now but yeah younger me I wanted to slap Bob Stubbs once I really did and but Bob knows it and I'm sure I annoyed Bob so yeah, I can sure. what about you Patrick you ever gotten that mad over so number one, I'm not a as as Tino's. I, I don't get mad. I, I'm I'm a really low key. It takes a lot to get me angry. Um, I actually stopped playing fantasy football. Uh, I'm going to say about six years ago. Uh, I started fantasy football when we were in college uh, back in at OBU. I did a fantasy football league where I had to keep track. I was the commissioner, and I had to keep track of the stats by hand. Like I had to go, you know, we, we Yahoo had just started. They weren't what you know, fantasy football really wasn't a thing yet. The draft was in person. And I basically went through the box scores every week and compiled everyone's stats uh, week in and week out. And I did that for a couple of years. Then obviously we, we kind of got to where we could get in a league and, and it would work that way. But I just, I try my best not to assign a whole lot of emotion to things that really don't matter. Now, the difference in this being apparently that league was expensive. Yeah. Apparently there was a, and they won't say, nobody's saying how much everyone was in for, but look, these guys make millions. 
But if there's a, if there's a league I'm, I'm four or five, you know, five, six figures in, I, per, I might've gotten a little upset, but at the same time, it's not like that's not a valid strategy. If the guys, if he's got the guys, like then he can do what he wants with them, uh, you know, just get better guys. You have the space on your roster stash. Them. Yeah. I mean, stash them. I, I mean, I've done that before with, with quarterbacks, you know? Yeah. I, it's oh a, yeah. It's if it if the, you've got the if you've got the ability to do it, do it. It's not like he was cheating, which, by the way, we will this will this will preview uh, the Saban Jimbo conversation that we're going to have in a little bit. Uh, just remember, you can do it even if it's not cheating. Sometimes it does look a little bit suspicious. That's right. Well, I want to go Paul Harvey on this because now it's time for the rest of the story. Oh, because I didn't Clint, hear this about is where you brought it up earlier. There's more to the story. Okay. Clint, I have a feeling where this is where you might say, oh, no, I might have got jack slapped. Okay, go ahead. Okay, because this is something that I could see you making somebody that mad about. <laughs> Good. Okay. Let's go. I'm, I'm a legendary <laughs> internet troll. So, let's so go. When, when Fam was interviewed, he said, yeah, that did bother me. You know, that did bother me. That's all that, you know, that, that's all that Peterson had said that it was, right? Well, Fam said, yeah, that did bother me. But it was another uh, deal from Peterson that pushed Fam over the edge. Fam said that Peterson put a meme, and this is all from Deadspin, okay? This is where I'm getting all this. Okay. A meme in their league's group chat. Okay. Um. He trolled him, Clint. Oh. <clears throat> that meme was of three people attempting to throw a very, very heavy kettlebell over the heads of the people in the meme. Uh, oh, the people in the meme were the logos of the Giants, the Dodgers, uh, the team that Joe Peterson spent most of his career with, and the San Diego Padres. So he... And the apparently the kettlebell landed on top of the Padres person or something. So it wasn't it wasn't necessarily the move for fantasy football that and that part of what made him mad, but it was the trash talking on their post on their group text and the meme that he used that got him jack slapped. Well, I will say this, and I'm not going to go into it. I think. Judged off what you said, I had more of a right to be mad than Tommy Pham did. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, yeah, I don't want to relive it because I've grown up since. I mean, it's just, yeah. it's a meme, and the guy didn't do anything illegal. Yeah, I, I want to yeah. be, I want to be for Tommy Pham here because he used to be a cardinal, but I can't be. He, he's coming off as a baby here. I know you didn't ask my take, but that's what it is. <laughs> Patrick, what could have meant? Yeah, I mean, if you about the only way you'll get me to slap you, I've actually slapped another human being once, and it was for charity. Uh, he asked to be slapped. Yeah, he it was great. And he told me, he said, Look, you, I'm gonna call you the P word if you don't, uh, if you don't give me put put something behind it. So I gave him about 95%. Uh, but look, if you're getting upset over a meme or you're getting upset over what's going down in fantasy football or whatever, uh, I would tell you maybe you're competitive in the wrong areas right exactly. now. Now, if someone, you know, if someone comes and I'm, I've got, uh, I got a rack of ribs in front of me and they try to grab the last rib, well, you know, they might get smacked. They're going down. The yeah. Something, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's I've I keep telling everyone two things. One, if you're one of those women that that always wants to share my food, uh, the answer is no. I will be happy to buy you whatever you want. You want some fries? Let me get you some fries. Don't eat mine. I have my fries in front of me. They uh, that and if you reach over, you may be pulling back a nub. Like that's just the that's just the case. Matter of fact, I did have a buddy of mine, the same one I slapped, as a matter of fact, who told me that I will know when I found the right woman, when I will let her eat off my plate. That's right. And I was like, that's actually probably very accurate. But look, be competitive in the right areas. You know, try to make help your team, that kind of thing. Don't get mad over fantasy football. Don't get mad over memes. 
don't get mad over things that don't matter. It's just a waste of your energy. That's right. 100% agree. Especially when you're a professional athlete. Yeah. And here's the thing. How many times are people yelling at him? You suck. And I'm sure they're yelling way worse just based on his name alone. Yeah. Right there. I'm sure they're yelling horrible things at him and you're going to get mad because some dude sent you a meme. Yeah. Come on, man. Yeah. Okay. People Patrick, as a professional radio guy mm-hmm. and a guy that's been professional radio guy for a long time now, long time. I want to get your, uh, we've had a story happening here in Arkansas mm-hmm. about another professional radio guy got said some things that have caused a little bit of a, a little bit of a ruckus. Okay. You got him in trouble a little bit. And I just want to get your response to it. You haven't, okay. you've heard a little bit about it, but you haven't heard these quotes. Well, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm a little bit, I'm a little bit colored in this because uh, Wright's Barbecue was the first person to, to that I saw that jumped in there and said, "Hey, we're you know we're going to cancel this guy." Basically, yeah. I'm like, well, you know, I do like Wright's Barbecue; it's really <laughs> yes, good. Yeah. So, and Jordan does a hell of a job. So, uh, I don't know. I don't know what this guy said, but it, but I'm ready to cancel him. Okay, here's here's what happened. Arkansas has a catcher who's a, a transfer portal guy. A gra- I think a graduate transfer came from uh, was it Kent State, Clint? I believe so. So he's just a one-year guy, right? Um, as you saw, Arkansas struggled toward the end of the season. Okay, we've we've had it kind of mm-hmm. tough. So you know how it is in, our, in any fan base. Yep. When you've had it, when you've been number five or higher most of the year, it's been all last season number one. And you know, and you're all of a sudden you're sliding at the end of the season to where you're not even hosting a regional. Right. The fans are going to start chirping on Twitter. Okay. Well, in a post-game press conference, Michael Turner, this catcher, said uh, something like, uh, this is a hard place to play. And then he said, there's a lot of people that are good fans. Some aren't so great of fans. If you read Twitter after the game, it can get in your mind a little bit. Okay, so that's the, mm-hmm. that was the main thing he said right. about, about the fans, you know, and, and sort of that was seen by this uh, – uh, Derek Ruskin is the name of the radio. Well, which, which I was going to talk about what Turner said right there. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't see a lie at all. No, no. Well, Twitter, Twitter's been a Twitter is is a huge issue because you don't have to you don't have to stand behind your words. That's when right. you can speak anonymously to people, mm-hmm. you can say anything you want, and I it, it comes back to the Mike Tyson quote. Right. People have people have gotten very comfortable not getting slapped or hit or whatever for the words that are coming out of their mouth, uh, not suffering consequences for it. And that's one of the that's probably the number one issue about Twitter. So I un- completely understand where he's coming from there. Yeah. And, and he was and he was just to me, I think he was being honest. Yeah. yeah. He was saying, yeah, that stuff bothers us. Most athletes will say, oh, I don't pay attention to that. When you know it's a lie. Sure. You know it's a lie. You cannot live your life without, you know, when someone says something bad about you, it gets to you. It, mm-hmm. Somehow you hear about it. Okay. Anyway, well, Derek Ruskin of the Ruskin and Zach show on ESPN Arkansas in Northwest Arkansas, uh, it's, it's played like we have a radio station that carries it down here in South Arkansas. Sure. Uh, it's played kind of. That's the old Bo Mattingly slot, right? Yeah, I believe uh, it. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. Says he said. Well, first of all, he called him a stupid A. <laughs> okay. He said you're a stupid. Right. Okay. He said first off, you're not a Razorback. You're a rental player, and you sucked. So thank you for nothing. Ruskin said Friday of Turner. Uh, fifth year transfer out of Kent State. Um, secondly, as a rental player, you can't come in here and criticize this fan base. You stupid jerk. Not a chance. The question was about what's wrong with the team, and you used the whole answer to give this fan base a swing. Ruskin railed. You are a disgrace, Michael Turner. You are a disgrace. That uniform 
again, what a loser. Do you know why you're losing? Because you're a loser and you're the catcher. You're in charge of this whole thing on the infield. You're a loser and a disgrace and you can't get out of this program soon enough. That was his response. Well, maybe Ruskin needs to learn how to express himself. Um, <laughs> or maybe maybe he needs to learn who's actually in charge of the infield, which is typically the shortstop. Um, uh, look, here's the thing. I actually got in trouble um, back during basketball season uh, because I was frustrated by – and, you know, and I'm the voice of Northwestern State. Right. Uh, number one team in the league was was there. They were you know kind of giving it to the demons, and they had one player in particular that uh, you know, he hit a three and he'd turn around and he'd mock our fans, and he'd hit a three and he'd turn around and he'd mock our bench. Like he had a real attitude about him. Mm-hmm. And I understand some kids play with an edge. Some need to try. And and if you trash talk to other players, I don't care. Right. That's what y'all do. But when you when you're starting to now you're looking at our bench and you're taunting us. You're looking at our fans and you're taunting them. So uh, it was halftime. They're walking off the floor. And I said, you know, this kid, and I won't talk, won't say his name. I was like, this kid is, he's a great player, but he's also a very big punk. And that's the word I used was punk. I said, he's a very big punk. He's been talking for trash to our bench, to the fans, all of that stuff. And someone heard it. It was actually one of the, the Nichols uh, assistant athletic directors that heard it and, and brought it up on Twitter. Well, look, I shouldn't say that, period. I, I don't care what my frustration level is. I don't right. care, you know, where, where the season is. What the, Now, if this kid is doing, you know, if he's out there punching kids, then maybe we, we can talk. But I shouldn't say that. I knew that. I stepped over the line. I'm frustrated. I'm talking out of frustration. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so... The real lesson to be learned is, and I apologize to everyone, and, and I think most people figured out that I, you know, I was just frustrated by the whole thing. But the real thing is, number one, you don't need to talk about kids. Um, they're not professionals, even though they get paid oftentimes. They're still not pros. They're amateurs. And if you can't understand where he's coming from, I don't care if he's a quote-unquote rental player. He's, he's here in his fifth year whatever. This is a kid that obviously wanted to come to Arkansas. He wanted to play here. And he might even have a better vantage point on your fan base than you do. That's right. Because he's coming in from a different program where, and, you know, he comes in with kind of an, an, no expectations. He hasn't grown up in the Arkansas program. He's not, you know, he hasn't been a part of it. And here's the thing, like we talked about, Twitter is a real problem when it comes to the fact that everyone gets to voice their opinion anonymously. If they choose, they don't have to. Mm -hmm. But if you choose to be uh, Jim 53924873 and your profile photo is an egg and you want to come in there and tell this guy that he sucks and he's the reason the Razorbacks are losing or whatever, that's not okay. Like, I'm sorry. It's not okay for you. And it's certainly not okay for a professional broadcaster to say those kind of things. Uh, if you want to express your frustration and say, Hey, you know, uh, you know, this kid uh, may he underperform from what we thought he was going to do. Uh, he's obviously frustrated. We're frustrated as well. Like everyone's kind of talking out of that frustration. That's one thing, but you can't single out kids like that and talk down to them. If it's a professional, it's different. Still not, I don't think, okay, but it's different if this is Derek Jeter. You're saying, oh, this guy's in a slump, whatever, if you're talking about him. But these are still kids. They're still 19, 20, 21-year-old. I don't care if they're getting paid the NIL money or that kind of stuff. It's just not something you should say. Find a better way to express that you're frustrated. Just, Just take his quote to task. You don't have to insult him. In that, just say, "Hey, I didn't, I didn't appreciate what he said." You don't have to, uh, you don't have to go into a personal insult about him without, you know, while you still can deconstruct the quote and tell and say why you don't agree with his opinion. You don't have to. You can agree, disagree with someone without demeaning their character and who they are as a person. And no, and hundred percent. And one of the things, you know, like Nolan Richardson said when it, when it, towards the end of his run, is when or after his runs over, it's like, I built a beast. 
and you've got to feed the beast. If you're not feeding the beast, the beast isn't happy. And that's what Arkansas baseball has become. Yeah. I mean, we have, we've had former players saying, look, we've become spoiled. Yeah. We had, we had a decent season. It wasn't the greatest season, but, but everybody's got these high expectations now. Yeah. Because no, it's, it's a hundred percent accurate that, you know, with expectations, Kentucky basketball, um, you know, uh, I wonder how much different it would have been if that foul ball gets caught in 18 yeah. against well, Oregon state. And that's one of the things Eric Cole, the, one of the guys that had that, he said, you'd be, he got death threats after that. Yeah. I mean, he, he, he's like, Hey, look, I people, I said, people were telling me to go kill myself. He goes, I was getting yeah. all this stuff. Well, you know? and yeah. to let you know, Ruskin's comments, if you listen to the audio of it, he's, he's, he's yelling this. Okay? Yeah. He's it's it's in I mean you can tell by the wording of it, but he's definitely saying it in anger. Now yeah, he did say it before this in a before the quote I read, he said, Now if this was a younger player, I wouldn't say this, but he's and then he goes it doesn't like, matter, man. It doesn't matter. He's he's still not a professional. And again, uh, th- there's a there's a difference, and it's the same thing, you know, same thing that I was just talking about with the kid from Nichols, right? I can disagree with his actions and I can take his actions to task, but I don't necessarily have to go after him personally, which I did. I called him a punk like that. That's the line you don't want to step across. I can say, Hey, he's acting. I don't like the way he's acting. He's taunting the fans. He's taunting the bench. You know, in this case, Hey, I don't like the fact that he's talking bad about the Razorback fan base. I disagree with him. We have an amazing fan base. It's one of the best in college baseball you know, uh, I know he's, he's frustrated because he's underperformed and, and we're frustrated and, you know, we understand all of that, but you don't necessarily have to go after our fandom, right? right? That's how you can disagree with his opinion, but you don't necessarily have to go into name calling into personal attacks because you've gone now you've now crossed that line and that's not a line you can uncross. I think when you go to name calling, you've lost your ability to be the bigger person. Yeah, absolutely. And, and especially on this, and it, you kidding me? If you can be, if you can't be the bigger person on this podcast, you got a problem. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Um, not being the bigger person, um, we got to talk about Saban and Jimbo, though. I mean, we couldn't let that go. Yeah, Patrick. No. Last week, Clint and I talked about, about this. Um, oh, it's so we, good. We wanted to get your take uh, also because I know you're you're very plugged into the sec and mm-hmm. and all the thing in college football and all things going on you know and, and clinton and i's take was was this pretty much that you know saban really he was saying stuff that's been printed he was saying stuff that's out there that pretty much those schools have said themselves you know it wasn't anything he, he didn't say anything that was a shocker or that insinuated, uh, you know, in fact, he said, we're going to have to do this ourselves in his, in his, in his comments. He said, you know, pretty much said something like that. I, I didn't word it the exact way. Mm-hmm. He pretty much said, and we're going to have to do it too. Yeah. You know, we're, we're going to have to figure out a way to compete. Um, and, and here's, Jimbo, here's... So our, my anger mm-hmm. with Jimbo, okay. Mm-hmm. I, you know, and I went to, I said, to me, Jimbo went off the rails. He, he almost, went, only made him, he's almost got so mad he makes himself look guilty of doing exactly. something. I well, mean, there's, there's a lot of that. Number one, uh, A, Jimbo said several times about Saban, oh, just uh, you want to know about him? Uh, just ask the guys who've worked with him. Uh, here's the problem. Jimbo worked with him that's right. at LSU. If you're going to be the guy that's going to come out and call out the the greatest coach in the history of college football, don't put it on someone else to to say their piece, right? Don't be like, oh, just ask any of the guys that have coached for him. You coached for him, Jimbo. You tell me what he's done. You tell me what the shady things in the past. Here's what it all boils down to. It's two things. One, who is Saban talking to? When he's making his comments, Alabama boosters. Correct. He's talking to the Alabama boosters. We need to step up and, and get these kind of deals done so that we continue to have the number one recruiting class in the country. That's the first thing. Number two, 
what was Jimbo projecting? He was projecting that Saban was accusing him of cheating. And so, as, as you said, Clint, there's a little bit of a guilty conscience in there, right? It is a little bit of, hey, I'm not cheating. And he said it repeatedly. Oh, we're doing everything by the book, right? By the, the state law. We're doing everything by the, by the book. He never accused you of cheating. And, he, and, and Nick even said that uh, at the start of the FCC meetings uh, on Tuesday. He even said, look, I'm not accusing Jimbo of cheating. He did everything by the rules. He's saying what he was saying is one, and he's not going to say this part out loud. I need my boosters to step up and start doing this stuff. And two, we need to regulate this better. And that's what he said at, at the, the meetings in Destin. And he's right. There needs to be better regulations on NIL stuff. And the major issue is when the NIL stuff got passed, the NCAA just abdicated their throne. They were like, you know what? We're not going to mess with it. We don't want to have anything to do with it. Um, we're going to let the states figure this out. And now we have 50 different laws that govern how NILs work because there's no national, you know, and then the federal government's trying to get involved and, and make this happen. When in reality, if the NCAA had just started and said, hey, we're going to make the guidelines, we're going to take input from all of our partners, and we're going to figure out the best way to make this work. All they said is, hey, guys, don't use it to recruit, and y'all figure it out. And of course, the first thing that happens is they're using it to recruit. And the different states have all kind of different laws, so everyone gets to do things at a different pace. So Saban's talking to his boosters saying, hey, we need to, we need to start buying these kids so that we can have the number one recruiting class again. And two, Jimbo overreacts and thinks Saban's accusing him of cheating, which sounds a little bit like a guilty conscience. And he just goes complete scorched earth, when in reality, Saban didn't say that. Right. Uh, which in, in essence actually makes this much ado about nothing, which mm. is even funnier. That's right. Now, now, I've, now, obviously, you've probably paid attention, Patrick, to coaches' meetings before more than I have. Because to be honest with you, this is the first year I know of them having one because I mm -hmm. paid but now is it is it unusual for them to have a cheat a seating chart no i mean they they because come in with assigned like, seating like you know you go in a conference room you just sit wherever if you're yeah. a bunch of other people but no like, they usually oh, will have them okay. they'll usually have them seated okay. you know they'll have placards in front of where they're sitting um and it's probably i'm guessing it's probably alphabetical order it might be seniority well, or they, something they did like it that. by alphabetical order yeah from by university, right. which I thought it'd be because I thought what they were, they were worried like Lane Kiffin when they released it. They're right. probably worried Lane Kiffin would come in and switch a couple of them around. Like, I'm going to put me here. Right. I'll just put Saban next to Jimbo. Well, and, and the, the funny thing is half of those guys have worked for Saban before. Like, it's not like he doesn't have uh, all of the sway. I mean, the, the, arguably the three most powerful guys, three of the four most powerful guys in that conference. Um, I, I'm including Brian Kelly in there who never worked for Saban, but Saban, Kirby Smart, and Jimbo mm -hmm. are all, uh, three of the four of them are Nick Saban guys. You know, Saban himself and Kirby was his defensive coordinator and Jimbo was his offensive coordinator at LSU. So they've all, they all know each other. Um, I don't think it's going to be, I don't think it's going to be super contentious. They're going to get through what they need to get through. Everybody's going to be kind of polite and, and deal yeah. with it. And ultimately the main thing they're trying to figure out is how do they regulate this thing? Because right now it is a bit of a gong show when it comes to NIL, people are doing all kinds of things. These consortiums are coming together to pay recruits for this is to me, the number one problem, right? This the whole point of NIL is supposed to be, I am paying, I am paying you for your name, image, or likeness to do something for me, my brand, my business, my car dealership, whatever the case may be. What we have now is we have these consortiums that are, are being put together. It's, you know, 50 different donors putting money in, and we're basically just paying the players to play. Yeah. At this point, they're not coming back and returning anything with their name, image, or likeness. That's the number one problem right now. And if you want to make the rule, hey, just pay for play, 
okay. Like whatever you want the rule to be, they've got to figure out how to make it so that they can enforce it. And it's universal where South Carolina and, and Beamer is not dealing with different rules than Nick Saban is in Alabama, than Kirby Smart is in Georgia, that uh, you know Jimbo is dealing with in A&M. And then when Texas and Oklahoma come in, now we've got a whole new bag of, uh, of cats to herd. It's going to be a um, it's going to be a little bit of a, a nightmare scenario here until or unless someone will make some universal rules uh, regarding this NIL stuff. Is it true, Patrick? Um, I heard this on the radio one day, and I, it was a actually a caller on a show, so I don't know if it's it's probably not true or it could not very well not be true. I mean, it's a great source, T. Yeah, it really is. Yeah. I use them all the time, Patrick. Yeah. Caller on show, um, yeah. In Louisiana, are they allowing NIO deals for high school students? Yes. Yes, wow. that is 100% accurate. As a matter of fact, we have well, a... So that, that source was accurate. Yes, absolutely. That caller was, was indeed yeah. uh, correct. Yes, so we have, a, we have high school NIL deals. Um, we have a kid that plays at Parkway High School in Bossier, the you know, Streetport sister city. Uh, she's basically the number one basketball recruit in the country uh, coming up here in the, the next recruiting. She, I mean, you know, Gina Oriema has been here and, and, you know, every coach that, you know, in women's basketball has been down here. Well, Gino's uh, been down there. She's the truth. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, Gino's been there and, and Mulkey's obviously come up from LSU and, and, you know, all of them have been in here. Well, uh, she has an NIL deal. And she's actually, her name's actually on a billboard uh, somewhere in Bossier. I haven't seen it, but her name's on a billboard somewhere in Bossier. Um, the, real, the real guy, I mean, y'all may be able to guess who this law is kind of being attributed to. And that's Arch Manning. Okay, yeah, I can see that. Yeah, that, the, everyone's kind of calling it the Arch Manning law because even though he doesn't need the money, his family doesn't need yeah. the money. His uncles are wealthy beyond belief. He, uh, everyone kind of thinks Arch Manning is the reason this law was put into place so that he can profit off of himself because he's the most notable quarterback recruit that we've had in this state in, in years and years. So he gets to work. So let me ask you, Patrick, because this is totally off the subject of what we're talking about. Oh, good. Where, where do you think Arch ends up? Oh man. If you were, if you were gambling, because you hear all the time, it's down, like it's down to Georgia and it's down to Texas. Yeah, I mean, it's hard not to think he goes to Alabama. Um, but he said that he's going to a place that's a great college town. And you don't exactly think of Tuscaloosa as a great college town. Uh, interestingly, I don't think of Austin as a great college town, even though it is. And it doesn't have a professional team. Like, I don't necessarily think of college athletics when I think of Austin. Um, right. But I mean, a lot of fun. But, well, because Alabama got the, like the number three quarterback. Right. They got right. him and they're like, eh, but it's like. Yeah, but I, I mean, Alabama can stack QBs. I mean, here's the thing. He, he wants to work with someone that is going to take advantage of his skill set. And obviously he is, you know, a gifted passer. He's actually way more athletic than either of his, his uncles. Um, he plays on the basketball team. He plays on the baseball team. He actually was a, a, a terrific runner when he was, uh, he was playing at Isidore Newman. Um, Texas wouldn't surprise me. To me, the dark horse is Ole Miss. And it's because of Kiffin. Yeah. Um, you know, Kiffin is a guy that is, he's on the, he's on the, the forefront of offense. He knows what he's doing. He's, he get, you know, his quarterbacks have a great time. They work in a great system. I wouldn't be surprised, especially with Archie, right. In the history of Ole Miss with Archie, his grandfather, I wouldn't be surprised if he goes to Lane Kiffin at Ole Miss. The only caveat to that being if you go to Ole Miss, now you got to contend with Alabama. You got to contend with LSU. You got to contend with Arkansas, all in your own division, right? Mississippi State. 
that's to me, it's going to be the most fascinating uh, subject to watch is, is yeah. where does he end up going? And, and if he goes to Steve Sarkeesian at Texas, that also wouldn't surprise me. Sarkeesian's a great quarterbacks coach. So uh, I don't know. My other thought process on that is would he want to step out from Archie and Eli, obviously who both went to Ole Miss, Peyton went to Tennessee, I mean, you got Heupel at Tennessee, who's a terrific quarterbacks guy, but he, he runs a different system. It's not really – it's more for athletic QBs. Would he want to step out from outside of his family shadow and maybe go to Texas? No, and, and, and Sark runs an offense that would probably fit him better. I remember Owens yeah. Kirk wrote an article here. Um, we got a four-star that recruited – that committed to Arkansas, Malachi Singleton. And Elder said, for Arkansas's offense, this is the perfect guy. Yeah. He's perfect for this offense. So, you know, you got to find the guy that can fit him. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah, as much as Arkansas fans would love to have, you know, which we never had a shot at Arch Manning. Right. But just saying he, he wouldn't be a good fit for us. Never right. Be a good fit for him. <laughs> well, yeah, Kendall Bryles is not – Kendall Bryles isn't running a, a pro-style – offense where the dude's you know in the shotgun dropping back three steps and then and firing it's it's much more of a you know much more of a an option you know yeah. oriented qb can run a little bit that kind of even though arch is again he's more athletic than most people think because they think of peyton and eli um yeah i mean i, I think he's going to go somewhere and that's why i think it's kiffin or maybe sarkeesian because they're both really good quarterback coaches and they feature their quarterbacks in their systems, not necessarily with their legs, with their arm. See, and I don't want him to Texas is going to be a tough call for him to go there because I think that's going to be a tough transition for them into the SEC. Sure. And but it's it, not like Sarkeesian doesn't know what the SEC is about. Well, that's true. That's true. Yeah, you know. Sarkeesian, but, but you also have to build the type of recruits to compete in the SEC. No, I don't think Texas is that far away. Um, yeah. Main difference is going to be they're going to go into a league where typically defenses are going to be a little bit uh, better than you're used to when you're playing in the Big 12, even though schematically some of the best defenses in, in the country are in the Big 12. Um, you know, Iowa State and what they're doing up there, they do some really good things defensively. What uh, – you know, what's going on at Baylor with Dave Aranda. They're doing some great things defensively. So there's some schematically, there's some great defenses in the big 12, just not athletic like uh, you see in the SEC. Well, and I, and I think, you know, at the end of the day, a football team, even now in college is only as good as the quarterback. I mean, I sit here, me and Travis were talking last year talking about what Arkansas are doing. I said, look, they can win eight, nine, 10 games. If KJ Jefferson's special. I said, if he's not special, they're going to be – they may win thick five or six. But KJ turned out to be one of the better quarterbacks in the SEC. If Arch Manning goes to Texas, it's going to jump them light years. Yeah, I mean, you can't hide your quarterback anymore. Uh, no, you just can't. You know, it's, it's just not you, – you, you can't play defense. You can't rely on your defense like you used to. You know, teams in the – in the nineties and eighties, they could, they could come in there. I mean, look at Nebraska, Nebraska had a run of, of just who knows who they were at quarterback. They were running the option. It didn't matter who was back there. They got an occasional Tommy Frazier in there that was, was special, but it was for the most part, just kind of average dudes. And because their defense was so good and because their offense was just sort of a machine they could hide the quarterback position. It's not really the case anymore. Quarterbacks win you games now. Uh, they do not just simply manage games anymore. No, no, for hundred percent. I mean, there's so much, there's so much to do now. I mean, you know, they're talking about how KJ comes up and he's got to make all the reads like this. You know, mm -hmm. has to come up and read that. Now, one of the other big changes, you know, we we talked a little bit about the NIL comments, but the other thing that like is the transfer portals out of control. Yeah. Now, you know, me and Travis were kind of having this conversation, and I'm going to let him ask the question because he worded it so much better than I did. He articulated it, and I sound like a third grader trying to give directions to the supermarket. Well, Patrick, uh, on the transfer portal, mm -hmm. um, we're, we're, of course, it's, it's, it's changing college sports, right? Yep. Now, one of the ways that the changes are happening is – the money that's going to be going toward 
diverting from high school recruiting to recruiting the transfer portal, recruiting transfers, you know, meaning you're, you're, you're going to start directing your staff different directions. Is this making high school recruiting less important? And, and um, I'm saying less important. I mean, right. I always well, important. My point, Travis was, are you going to spend less time? Are you, you know, are you gonna, still going to get the offers to the ninth grader? So, you know, the ninth grade stud that USC offers, you know. Right, because right. I, I don't think you're ever going to out high school recruit like Alabama, USC, but you can beat them in the transfer pool. Well, so here's the thing. By and large, unless you come into a situation like uh, Matt McMahon came into at LSU, right? Uh, uh, they fire Will Wade and all of his guys leave. They literally had no one on the roster at one point, and he has to come in, and he needs guys. Mm. So he hits the portal. He brings some guys from Murray State with him. He, uh, he hits a kid from Northwestern State. He gets a couple of high school kids, but he needed guys now. Now, here's the one major problem I have, and that is everyone blames the transfer portal for this, but it's the, the transfer portal is simply a list. And I think people need to understand that. It's just a list. It's a clearinghouse of players who are saying that they are open to the idea of transferring. It doesn't mean they're leaving. They don't have to go. They can come back if they want to. It's just that, hey, I'm available to be talked to. The real issue driving this, and I don't think enough people talk about it, is the NCAA, after COVID, granted immediate eligibility to transfers. One time. It's a one-time deal, but instead of, hey, if you're transferring from, uh, you know, Kent State to Alabama, you've got to sit out a year. You no longer have to sit out a year. Now you're, you're immediately eligible. And a lot, another thing a lot of people don't know is that that was only the rule in football and basketball, that transfers were immediately available in every other sport. If you transferred in soccer, you're eligible right now. As soon as you transfer, they just adopted that rule for the big two, which they had never done before. So a lot of people talk, oh, transfer portal is awful. Transfer portal is awful. No, it's just a list. All right. What the, the, what's driving this is the idea that you don't have to sit out uh, a year when you transfer. And I think what you're, to me, the major issue here is not high school recruiting. It's junior college recruiting mm -hmm. because this is now junior college recruiting. You're just, you're just going from a two-year institution to a four-year institution. Um, you, I don't think you're going to see it really affect high school recruiting other than, hey, I got a real bad need at linebacker. I can either go get this five-star high schooler who you're going to go get anyway, but I'm also going to go get this kid in the portal who was at Ole Miss because he is ready to go and I can plug him in day one and play. These are junior college kids, basically. It's the same JUCO system we've had. The difference is they haven't been at junior colleges. They've been at four-year institutions. Um, I think this all evens out eventually, and I think you, you, everyone finds their footing, but we're only in year two right. of, the, of the immediate eligibility issue. And so because of that, you're seeing the Wild West. There's 3,000 kids in the portal because they think that, that – you know, the next spot they go is going to be the better spot for them to end up. And a lot of them end up nowhere. They don't have a place to go and they don't know that yet. And eventually that's going to kind of be the thing, uh, you know, four or five, six years in, you're going to have enough cautionary tales where, Hey, listen, I thought the grass was greener. I hit the portal. I had nowhere to go. By the time I said, uh oh, I need to come back to, you know, to the school I was already at, they'd already filled my slot and I had nowhere to go. And, and those are the kind of things um, it's kind of what the Scotty was it Scotty Thurman, right, that left early and then didn't really. Yeah, yeah didn't really have anywhere to go. So it, it'll it'll get there kind of like the NIL stuff. It'll find an equilibrium. It's just. The NCAA deciding to make all these, uh, these transfers eligible immediately <laughs> has thrown this into just the Wild West. It'll get there. It's just going to take some time. And it's, I, to me, it's never going to, to stop high school recruiting because you're always going to want five-star kids that hopefully you can keep in your program for four years 
what I think you will see is I think you'll see fewer high school studs that will go to um, smaller programs, right? It used to be you could you would see a random five star on occasion end up at a you know at an Arkansas State because right. he loves Arkansas or you know not a five star four star kid or three star kid or whatever. Now those kids are going to the highest level to start with uh, because the 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 smaller schools are going to be the ones that are hitting the portal. Nick Saban doesn't need to go get ten guys in the portal; he needs to get three. Well, whereas, whereas, yeah, conversation that that you know you see your Arkansas and Ole Misses, I think, yeah, for the portal more than you see like your Alabama, Clemson, like your middle of the road lower programs. Yeah, they don't need Alabama doesn't need to go get ten portal guys because they've got ten five stars that have been waiting in the wings for the last two years. You know, they go get that one running back that they need. They go get that one wide receiver they're looking for, and they can kind of plug holes. And most of the the other places you're going, all right, Ole Miss is losing this, 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 this kid. Okay, uh, we need we got these two high schoolers coming in, but you know what? We're going to get this guy who's got one year of eligibility, this guy who's got two years of eligibility, and by the time they leave, these high school kids will be ready to go. They can almost stash their high schoolers, yeah. uh, so to speak, to try to get them ready uh, by using a one- or a two-year kid that comes in as a transfer. Right, and you saw Arkansas did that brilliantly with uh, Felipe Franks and K.J. Mm-hmm. Jefferson. Yeah. Well, I think another way it's going to hurt is schools like, say, a Northwestern, who gets an under-recruited kid. Oh, it happened this year. That they, that they get, and they, all of a sudden, you know, first two years, they turn him in, all of a sudden he, you know, hits a growth spurt or whatever. No, it's, it, it actually, it literally happened this year. Uh, we had a kid named Kendall Coleman, who was at Captain Shreve here in Shreveport, was, I don't know how many offers he had, but not many. Uh, he signed with Northwestern. He was considered basically a rebounder and a shot blocker. He gets at NSU, he bulks up, he puts on 20, 25 pounds of pure muscle, and he becomes a double-double guy. This year, as a sophomore, he averaged a double-double. And then what happens? Now, this was somewhat complicated by the fact that the coach retired Mm. that had recruited him, so that kind of makes things a little different, but he ends up going to LSU, Mm. right? LSU comes and gets him. Now, again, LSU didn't have any players. They needed guys. The, there was the, the retiring coach, all of that stuff, a lot of factors that were involved. But I think one of the real fears at the level of Northwestern State is that they become feeder schools and they become the sort of minor league, the AAA, the AA uh, farm systems for the major powers that, like you said, you get a kid that's under-recruited, he shows up, oh, we missed this guy. I don't know how, but it turns out he's an absolute stud. Okay, now he's transferring to one of the big boys because he wants to go prove himself at that higher level. Um, I don't, I think one of the major issues you're going to find is four-year players at one university are going to become more and more scarce, especially four-year kids at the smaller schools because they're going to either overvalue themselves and think, oh, I'm not, I, you know, I should be somewhere else. Mm-hmm. And the portal gives me a free chance to go somewhere else. Or uh, they are a kid that was undervalued, blows up. Now they're going to be recruited. They're going to, you know, we're going to, everybody's going to be contacting them. They're going to, okay, you know, I'm going to put my name in the portal and see what happens. And then they end up leaving. And they're going to be able to go to a bigger city where they can get more NIL money. Right. And that's the other issue. That's the other aspect of it is the ability, you know, if you're Kendall Coleman, you're, you know, I don't know if he was getting anything in NIL money at Northwestern, but he turns around and goes to Baton Rouge. Hey, now he might have a walk-on deal. Maybe he's got a, a Gordon McKernan deal, you know, whatever. Now he's, and maybe it's just one of those consortiums that they've put together and, and he suddenly gets 20 grand uh, in a year just for playing basketball at LSU and for a, a 17, 18, 19, 20 year old kid, that kind of stuff's hard to turn down. Hell for a 45 year old guy that's sitting yeah. right here in Shreveport, it'd be hard to turn yeah. down. That's right. Now, now I'm not asking you to speak of this circumstance because you might know something that you Then might. why are you asking me? Come on. 
Well, how bad do you think tampering is going on? When- oh, it's, it, but here's the thing. It's always gone on. Yeah. It's just, they can legally tamper now. Yeah. Um, tampering has always gone on. It's, Hey, I'm, co- I'm contacting this kid's AAU coach. I'm hollering at this kid's dad, his uncle, you know, every, most of those bigger kids have, have a handler, right? It's, Oh, you want to talk to me? You need to talk to my, uh, you know, talk to my uncle Jimmy over here. And then he handles it. That's always gone on. It's gone on since the beginning. Now a kid can go, my name's in the portal. Now anyone is legally able to speak to me at any point in time. Right. But you know, like you're, I'm sorry. I can't remember the kid's name. You told me like five seconds ago, Kendall Coleman, Kendall Coleman, like, yeah. You know, would Eric Musselman get a message? And I'm not saying Eric Musselman would right. do this. Well, he was one of the kids that was after Coleman in the portal, by the way. I, he had a like a 40 school list. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, like maybe he's not thinking about going in the portal, but somehow like an Eric Musselman gets say gets said something to Uncle Jimmy, like, hey, if he was in the portal, I would talk to him. Right. No, that's uh, that's that happens yeah. all the time. It's happened, it's happened for the last 50 years. It's continuing to happen and it will continue to happen. Uh, and you still, by the way, can't talk to these kids if they're not in the portal. You're sort of, you're not supposed to. You still can't go and tamper with kids if they haven't put their name. Once they put their name in the portal, it's fair game. You can just call them on their phone if you want to. Yeah. Um, but, but before that, it's still got to be, hey, I'm talking to his AAU coach. I'm talking to his uncle. Uh, you know, his cousin is, it's, it's been that way forever and the other issue is most of the time when you're talking to a kid it's a kid you already have a relationship with when you recruited him in high school right so you know how to get in touch with uncle jimmy you know how to get in touch with the the cousin that's that's got the contact uh you know how to get in touch with the aau coach or the high school coach or whatever the case may be they already have those contacts it's very rare that you would just out of the blue try to contact somebody that you've never had a contact with before, unless it's the portal. Once their name's in the portal, there's like, hey, this kid's from Colorado. I've never heard of him before, but damn, he averaged 19 and 12 at Colorado State. We're going to go get this kid. Let's contact him. Yeah. All right. Well, guys, we could keep going on this stuff forever. And uh, I don't know what y'all, I want to, I mean, I, I would sleep at some point. I'm just saying, <laughs> it, it may not be forever. Well, uh, I got one more question for you. Okay, this is just a funsy question, right? Okay. All right, last night I went and watched Top Gun, okay? Okay. And and you two guys are two guys that I've enjoyed many road trips listening to music, okay? Or just cruising around listening to music, you know, me and Clint listening to CCR and the Eagles back in the day and, and Patrick, you and I going across OBU's campus, listening mm-hmm. to little Nelly or uh, some Jay-Z or even broke out some new kids on the block one time. No, why not? Why not? Or some uh, devil went down to Georgia with me. playing Absolutely. Little Charlie Daniels. Oh, Charlie oh, yeah. Daniels. And uh, uh, Clint, I don't know if you know this, but Patrick can, uh, can hit all the high notes on how deep is your love by the Bee Gees. It's something to behold. There's so a video of it question. out there somewhere. I just don't know where it is. <laughs> here's my question for you. Something we don't see on movies nowadays is good soundtracks. What's your go-to? Like what's the top couple of movie soundtracks do you think? that you like, you know, that you say these, these are two movie soundtracks to the greatest, whatever. Just, I mean, Top Gun is on the list. It like it absolutely on the list. I mean, you know, in Forrest Gump too, that soundtrack, it was, I mean, it was like a two disc set. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's got Bob Seger on it. I mean, it, it was, it was a great Bob soundtrack. Warren. Oh Yeah. Um, another soundtrack that I thought was really good and the movie was okay um, was Southpaw had a good soundtrack for you and it's got a good workout list to it okay if you want to clang and bang and one more recent that I, I really like was uh, but it had a lot of good uh, 
old rock is uh the gardens of the galaxy yeah yeah no, yeah. no, no you're right there and thor uh thor ragnarok also had yeah. uh had some of that as well some of the old classic rock stuff um that's what i appreciate about like taika watiti the the director of thor ragnarok who's doing mm-hmm. love and thunder as well like the love and thunder trailer is um guns and roses right as i recall it's yeah i mean yeah. it's you know, he's using a lot of that in assault. You mentioned Guardians of the Galaxy, like he had his cassette tape that had all the old music on it, including Brandy, which is one of my favorite songs of all time. But yeah, Top Gun's hard to beat. Got a lot of Kenny Loggins in there, and and Loggins is amazing. K-Log. I mean, Kenny Loggins. Caddyshack was good, too. Yeah, Caddyshack. We, we didn't brought up Footloose. Oh, you yeah. think about, you think about how... Boy, y'all. You think about how prolific Kenny Loggins was oh, in yeah. the 80s and early 90s in movies alone. It's it's insane. Like the guy was just a hit maker. Um, he was like greatest the greatest hits. When you listen to his greatest hits, you think of the movies because they're no, absolutely. Of the movies that he did. Absolutely. Yeah. You're dang sure. right. Like I'll just, if you want my favorite movie soundtrack, just give me Kenny Loggins' greatest hits. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Now, Bring it down. <laughs> all right and then you got the win uh there was that one album that was like the rocky greatest hits yeah uh, all the rocky movies yeah rocky 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 one was good uh rocky Ooh. four was pretty good yeah, the, yeah. The little james brown and four yeah coming can't, to you can't and yeah and uh wasn't he in four right didn't he yeah he's saying he? when apollo yeah when when he came in yeah, yeah. apollo come in is uh yeah uh before he got killed he didn't even go to the man's funeral throw in the ah, towel ah. nation to nation so anyway yeah good stuff man thank you All thank right. you james thank you james pale that's right well, guys, uh, Patrick, we appreciate you jumping on here with us, man. Uh, it's always great talking to you and kind of getting a, uh, you know, you see things a little more from the national perspective a little bit because mm-hmm. in that realm more and you uh, you see things from that sort of point of view a little more than we do. And although we try, we try to see things from a broader perspective a little bit than just a couple of Arkansas bumpkins. But when it comes down to it, that's what we are, Patrick. Hey, sometimes it's okay to embrace who you are. Well, Clint, man, have a great week, dude. Uh, made it through another one. Made hey. it through another one. 64. We've done 64 of these, Patrick. You believe it? Wow. Hey, wow. and that is Gabe Saracil, big T, big C, bigger T super fan. That's My stalker, cool. that's his football number. <laughs> oh, is it? Oh, man, well, Gabe. Look here, Gabe. Be the first to – comment man again as usual first like first view first comment that's right hey you guys are dangerous that's right dangerous well as always man patrick great hanging out with you yes sir and yes uh, sir y'all that's the end of the show peace out sweat one Up hard drive, so I can sow the seed. 